What can Missouri do to get more high school recruits in state to stay at home? Plus, you want a more pessimistic take from a Canes insider on Jake Garcia? Well, you're going to get it coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college. And when you enter promo code Locked On College, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. And I can tell you from experience, that's a quality tumbler, folks. But anyway, enough tumbler talk. We got Tiger talk here today, Missouri Tiger talk. Of course, specifically today, we're going to be talking football, football recruiting with Brian Smith, the recruiting expert at the Locked On Podcast Network. We get into Jake Garcia, Daniel Kalen, the Ballyhooed 21 class that really hasn't turned out so great, and also a big-picture conversation about whether the portal, the free-for-all, is actually good for Missouri. So let's get into it right now. All right, joining me now, the newest member of the Locked On Podcast Network, it's Brian Smith. He's our new national college football recruiting expert. Brian, how hard are we working you so far? I don't know if it's hard work to talk about <laughs> football and football recruiting, so that's just one's perspective. Well, you know what? That's that's a great attitude. I never feel like I'm worried. I can't believe they pay me for this stuff. That's my attitude, Brian. But you know <laughs> what you I go. noticed? I, Brian and I just met about five seconds ago, but I did notice on his Twitter profile that he is a, a University of Miami fan, a Hurricanes fan. Is that correct? I cover Miami. I actually okay. grew up not not rooting for them, but that makes it easier. You're You're honest, and here it is, man. I'm the publisher of all Hurricanes on Foundation, and I live in Florida, so okay. it makes it pretty easy. Well, you know what? That's even better then. So you can give me an objective opinion on one of Missouri's newest players, Jake Garcia, a former Kane, of course. <laughs> he's now with Missouri. What do you, what do you, he's laughing, folks, for those of you who can't see this on YouTube. <laughs> but what, so what do you think about Jake Garcia, Brian? Talent is there. He's got to get more comfortable with himself and make it work above the shoulders. It's not a physical problem. Uh, he got panicked last year and the few times that I watched him up close watching his film. And when he got pressure, he struggled. It's it's a young quarterback issue. And then he transferred, so we didn't get to see him develop. I really don't know what else to say about him. He's just one of those guys that he didn't he didn't stick around long enough for us to know. But he was recruited by a gazillion schools, played at a major program in Georgia. He has all kinds of talent. Now it's just a matter of whether or not Missouri can develop him. And I think Drinkwitz knows quarterbacks. I think that's pretty safe to say. So we'll see. But uh, physically, he has the tools. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. He's definitely in the mix to start this year for Missouri, but he's got some pretty heavy competition. But yeah, I, I didn't figure that the scouting report was going to be overly positive, but you do think that was maybe what, what percentage would you put, say, on just Miami sort of having a tough season last year versus how much would you actually put on Garcia himself? Pretty much half and half. Miami had at one point, just to put it in perspective, this never works at any level. Three offensive linemen out of the starting lineup. Right. 
that's you're done. You're done. And Tyler Van Dyke got hurt not once but twice. Uh, they were playing a true freshman quarterback at one point. I mean, it, they were a disaster. There's no nice way to say it. And the, and the coaching staff that's there now took over a roster that it was not very Miami-like. So I just think that all kind of got to Garcia. Maybe he needed a change of scenery. Uh, again, the physical tools are there. It's what he develops above the shoulders and how well he learns the offense at Mizzou. That'll dictate if he ever competes for the starting job this year or any other year. Interesting. Well, thanks so much for that insight. I know I didn't prep you for that, but that was oh, that was really good stuff. But what I did prep you for today, and I think this is probably the lead if you're if you're a Missouri recruiting watcher. Of course, Missouri lost its quarterback from the 2024 class and one of just three players at the time. Now Missouri down to just two players in the class. But I'm talking about Daniel Kalen from Bellevue, Nebraska. Well, he's now going to stay at home with the Huskers after Daniel Rayola help maybe help me out with that pronunciation but yeah but anyway he he was a guy who the Huskers really went after now he's going to Georgia some think he's the top overall player in the country so now Kalen shifts of course to the Huskers big picture does this mean anything for the Tigers and just what were your thoughts I'm just curious on Kalen in general it matters because it's quarterback I mean, there's no friendly with losing, losing a commitment, especially a QB, because it's the most important position, in my opinion, in all sport, especially for college football. At that point, though, I mean, you've you've followed Missouri a long time. I'm sure you know about the culture with Nebraska. It's hard to turn down the Huskers when you live like where he's at is like 35 minutes from the edge of Lincoln. I get it. I get it, you know. Uh, Talent-wise, he's got—he's a kid that's not Rayo. Like Rayola is physically ready for the NFL. Like his size-wise, he's a freakazoid. But Nebraska didn't get him. Uh, his dad had played at Nebraska and went on the NFL and all that. But he's going to Georgia, so they go for the the in-state kid. I'm not shocked. Um, am I worried about Missouri's class overall? Yes. Am I worried about them getting a quarterback? No. The one thing Drinkwitz knows how to do is coach quarterbacks. I think they'll be fine there. But. Uh, it, it just is what it is. It's unfortunate, but I mean, he's a home state kid. It's, you know, Nebraska is hard to beat for an in-state player. Yeah, I guess I was just kind of hinting at, I, I do think big picture. I, I agree with you, of course, quarterback is the most important position probably of, on all of Americans team sports anyway, but just for a, for a recruiting class in general, it just seems like it's nice to sort of knock out that position early. Missouri seems to have the philosophy of, Hey, take one quarterback in every class, if you can just knock that position down, you can use your resources elsewhere. Am I overrating that maybe, or is that an important thing? Uh, Quarterback dominoes fall early because you're only taking one and at most two. Kids know that if they don't jump on their spot, they're in trouble. So even a kid like Bryce Young, he's still committed fairly early, and he was considered by everybody to be a top three player in the country coming out of high school. So when he ended up signing originally, he committed very early to SC, then he still flipped when he flipped to Alabama, still fairly early. Those are the kinds of things that are, are not going to change. It's different like O-line that kind of commit early, but you take three to five every year. Sure. You might get a kid in November and it's not a shock. You're not going to see a lot of November commitments from quarterbacks unless they're flipping. So it'll be important for Missouri to get at least one quarterback to visit in the month of June. This is the big month coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a sec, but if they can't get somebody on campus for a visit in June, then I'm going to be really worried. 
More great insight with Brian coming up. But first, I want to tell you about bird dogs. And I tell you my personal goal of being in clothes that I can play golf in and swim in all summer. Well, so far, that goal is moving along swimmingly. Did you see what I did there? Well, thank you very much, bird dogs, because I can wear the same shorts to podcast, golf, the whole deal. In fact, I think I'm going to hit a bucket of balls after this recording and maybe jump into that cold pool as well just to wake myself up. And by the way, not only are these things versatile, they're comfortable, they're and they're they fit great as well. They fit any body type and also no matter what your body type is, you want to keep your valuables. Hey, this is something that I really like. Zippers on both sides, extra pockets, but it's not cumbersome. They're not pockets that are they're not overly they're not too many pockets, let's put it that way, and they're not in dumb places like, I don't know, on your butt, for instance, where you sit. Yeah, that's going to throw your back out of alignment. Well, Bird Dogs has even thought of that as well. So go to birddogs.com slash college. When you enter promo code Locked On College, you'll get that free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with each and every order. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, just that class in general, of course, you've talked about how you like Drinkwitz's ability to develop the quarterback position. I'm not so sure about the tight end position. And interestingly enough, that's the only position Missouri has any commitments right now. Just two players at that position. As a Missouri fan, I know that you can obviously supplement with the transfer portal these days but how, yeah, what should my level of panic be at this point is my basic question well I mean if you, I'm just pulling them up but like there, there's two things I've looked at and this is a very unique situation I don't really understand it because I mean I have family history in the state of Missouri and I, I know it pretty well they've never had a lot of loyalty with in-state kids and I don't understand why Missouri people in general are very pride, prideful from Kansas City to St. Louis and up and down, but they've struggled. Last year, by rivals' rankings, only like two out of the top ten kids stayed in state to play for the Tigers. If they're going to climb the SEC mountain or anything of relevance, they have to keep more kids at home. But right now they're sitting with a couple of commits, and they're good football players, but Missouri especially needs defensive guys. In this class, in the state of Missouri, has some really good players Will they even get one of the guys in the top five in the state? Um, that's iffy at best. Right now, they, that their two commitments are in-state kids. Um, one of them projects at offensive tackle long-term, it is, but has played tight end. The other one's a big kid, a big offensive tackle that, you, you know. I just don't know where they're going because, like, they need something. They, they were pretty good at rushing the passer last year. They, they had some good guys. They've had some guys drafted. I'm not sure where they're at. Like, what's the problem? Why they're in the SEC East and they're still struggling? What, what's the holdup? 
So I guess I kind of turn it around and throw it back to you. Why do you think they struggle with the in-state kids? Because I think that's the crux of Missouri's problem. You know, if I had the answer to that question, maybe I'd be on the staff because I think <laughs> I think you know the, the area very well. I think a lot of Missouri fans and people in the state have been asking themselves that for a long time. It does seem like, unlike a lot of different, certainly unlike Nebraska. Now, you understand that Nebraska, you know, 25 years ago was one of the dominant programs in all of college football and had been for decades. So that's a little bit different of a comparison for sure. But by the way, speaking of, you made mention of the top five players in the state for Missouri this season. There's been a lot of rumblings that Missouri has made some inroads lately on Ryan Wingo, one of the top receivers in this Man, class. Yeah, a St. Louis area player. What have you been hearing? Do you think Missouri has a chance with Wingo? They do, but I mean, his recruitment has been all over the map. It is... It is really hard. Georgia was the most recent Then you hear about Missouri. At one point, it was Tennessee. At one point, I'd, I'd heard Notre Dame like a year or so ago. Yep. I have no freaking idea. Uh, he's a nice kid. I've met him. I've been around him. Tremendous talent. I just don't know like what it is he's looking for because he's not only is it like private school or public school close to home, farther away different kinds of offense. He doesn't have any one thing, so I'm not sure what he's going for. Hmm. So trying to project him to where he's going to sign, because right now, quite honestly, commitment doesn't mean much more than you're leading with most elite players, because it's not like if he committed to Missouri today, hypothetically, that Kirby Smart would stop recruiting Ryan Wingo. Sure. But I, I can't get a grasp, and I've talked to people, and I've met him, everything. I, he's one of those few kids, it's just like, when he signs, let me know. That's That's kind of where I'm at, because – his recruitment has been all over the map. Well, I know last season, speaking of Ballyhooed kids from St. Louis receivers, obviously Luther Burden signed with Missouri last season. I think name, image, and likeness was a big factor there, as it often is at that level for sure. I'm wondering if maybe Missouri can make a play for Ryan Wingo there that's a little bit unique. Do you think that the whole name, image, and likeness, just the whole equation there, does that help Missouri at all in terms of keeping people at home? Is that a better pitch? Do, do people with the name, image, and likeness money, those donors, are they more likely to go for the hometown guys? Well, I think it's more than anything else just the elite impact kid. Um, if he's a hometown kid, it makes it more likely, though. Wingo, by most services, is top 10 in the nation regardless of position, and he's from St. Louis. Right. I mean – you know, you're what hour and forty minutes or something like that, hour and fifty minutes from campus, some whatever from the outskirts of Missouri or from St. Louis. You would think if you're going to give a kid that opportunity, it would be him among others. There's a few others, Williams, Nawari. Uh, there's a couple other kids, Jaden Riddell. They're all great players and they're in state. But again, the Georgias, the Oklahomas, the Notre Dames, the Tennessees, the LSU's, they're recruiting these kids too, and they can offer it. So. What is it that Missouri has to do to add to just NIL? They're, they have to win some this year, and they got an experienced quarterback, which is going to help their season tremendously. Cook is, is a good football player. But they need something to go right this summer, too. And right now their visit list isn't where I would want it to be, so I'm, I'm a little concerned. But why would Wingo pick Missouri when he can go to Tennessee or Georgia, et cetera? That's, that's really the question. What are they pitching to him to get past that point? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think, honestly, I think they're going to have to answer most of those questions on the football field this fall, which is a little worrisome there, too, because, of course, you've got, what, three and a half months until we get there or something like that. So it's going to be a minute. And, you know, just to go back a little bit, 2021, a very ballyhooed recruiting class for Missouri. But at the time, unfortunately, a lot of those kids, the majority of them, I would say, really haven't panned out. And the two that did in the biggest way, well, Makai Wingo and Dominic Lovett ended up at LSU and Georgia, respectively. So this is kind of a bigger picture question here. This whole free-for-all that is the transfer portal these days, it's essentially 24-7 free agency, right? I guess what I'm wondering is, there's two ways to look at this. Maybe Missouri can recover from a poor class like they're maybe experiencing right now quickly if they have a good 2023, but... Then you also have to wonder, does the transfer portal, does this actually level the playing field at all for a team like Missouri, or do do the rich just keep getting richer in terms of Georgia, LSU, and those type of programs? It could be a little of both. If you look at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, some of those schools that finish in the top 10 every year, they take a handful of transfers. Why? They don't have to do anything more than that. They bring in high school kids that they want, point blank, they develop them, they run them through their system. If you're trying to build your program, if you're six and seven, like Missouri was last year, you're probably going to swing for the fences a little more, take a few more chances with the portal if you're comfortable with doing that. And every staff has their own take. Believe me, I've spoken to my fair share of coaches about that. But I I think the unfortunate part is let's not kid ourselves. There are teams that are recruiting kids off other people's rosters. Right. There's just blatant cheating going on. That's the bigger thing. It's a very touchy subject, but everybody knows it's going on. So I don't know if this is more of an NCA problem, but they they have to bite their own hand and slap somebody pretty hard and give them sanctions, meaning reduction of scholarships for that to get fixed. There's no friendly. And I don't trust the NCA one iota to do that because they're taking money out of their own pocket when somebody loses scholarships and goes on probation because then people don't watch them. Well, they lose money when they do that. So it's it's two-edged sword there, and it's it's pretty rough. Yeah, it really feels like the cat is out of the bag on the whole deal, and you might well be right in terms of somebody needs to get slapped down, but I'm just not seeing a lot of energy or momentum for, for that to happen in this particular climate. It just seems like, well, this is what we've created, and it just doesn't seem like there's any energy to, to stop it. Look at what USC did with the receiver from Pittsburgh. Everybody knows that. Right. They, I mean, come on. They bought that kid. And any way around it. So you're going to tell me that there was no tampering there? Everybody knew it. So that, that's a concern, and it's something that Missouri and every school needs to worry about. Georgia and Alabama lose kids. I mean, it's just bizarre. Right. You don't know which kid on your roster will be there tomorrow. Yep. That's the reality of college athletes, basketball and football. But those are the money-making sports, and those are the ones that Mizzou fans follow and that Nebraska fans follow, etc. It's a problem. And it's why Brian Smith makes the big bucks over at the Locked On <laughs> Podcast Network, everybody. Brian, thanks so much for your time. And again, welcome to the network. I'm sure I'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. All right, folks, that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Mizzou. And thanks for making this show your first listen every day. And for you, every day is tomorrow on the program. I'm going to discuss the ramifications of college football players 
really being in the next EA Sports college football video game coming up in 2024. Yes, you'll actually be able to see, for instance, Luther Burden's name, image, and likeness in that upcoming video game if he chooses to opt in. No, it will no longer just be wide receiver number three. It'll be Luther Burden and a pretty, pretty darn good representation of his face, I'm guessing, too. So let's talk about all that tomorrow right here on Locked on Missouri.